0: Hi, my name is Mansi and I am obsessed with unearthing every little secret about parenting, babies, business and wellness that will help you navigate through all the questions you always wanted to ask but didn't know who to. I'm a simple woman from the maximum city who quit her high-paying marketing job to start India's most trusted discovery platform for parents after a six-month backpacking trip with her two-year-old daughter with just obese 10,000. I now run a seven-figure online business with kidstoppress.com and connect with over 10 million parents a month. I share our favorites every single day on the website and on our social media so you can have the best moments with your children and leave the discovering to us. Think of this as your play with a fellow mom over wine or coffee who loves her kids but also needs her happy ass without them. Not shy away from the real talk. No ways. Whether it's money, business, failure, baby, sex, or frustrations of not keeping it all together, we've got you covered. So now grab your tea, sit cozy, and stay tuned for another stellar episode of Keep It Real podcast by KidstopRest.com.
1: Hello and welcome. And we're really excited because we have with us Dr. Samir dalwai And everybody knows that he's, he's like one of really uh reckon trusted pediatricians that we have uh, obviously you've had experience of working with so many parents and so many children and uh, today is something very beautiful that you said uh, when we we're speaking about the right sort of growth that a parent needs to take which is about screen time is equal to narcotics and i need you to talk a little bit more about that because i don't think until you said it today it hit me that Yes, it's almost a drug that we're we're kind of inducing or injecting in our children.
2: So how do addictions work? They work because the substance that you use gives you a feeling of happiness or joy or some kind of pleasure that is not easily available in other substances or Mm the other things that you do in life. And hence when it's a happiness and that kick that you get used to from that substance. Now, when we have a child who's watching a screen, right from a very early age, now what happens is, his social skills haven't developed. So he is not going to have that much of enjoyment or happiness with connecting socially. Obviously he can't walk around, so he's not going to have any other avenues to keep himself, enjoy, uh, keep himself occupied. But in such a child, when you give him a screen, the amount of impact that a screen can deliver, whether it's a simple nursery rhyme, but the sounds and the lights and the graphics and the cartoons, it's amazing. So, the child is completely fixated to that because it gives him a great sense of awe and amusement and enjoyment at an age where it is difficult for him to get anything else comparative. Now, the trouble is, because he then gets hooked on to this very high dose of happiness and satisfaction, simple things like interacting with people around him may not be suddenly such a big source of joy. Yeah. Now what's happening is, if you have a 3, 4, 5 month old child, who's getting hooked on to a tablet, he's going to prefer that and he's going to choose that selectively over anything else that develops his social interaction. Mm. And the child doesn't have social interaction, Is not going to look around at people, not understand their social behaviours, he's not going to pick up simple things like, when do you eat food? Yeah. For example, since we're talking about nutrition, yeah. that you need food in a plate, okay. that you need to chew your food. Yeah. Because there are different kinds of food. And very often i have parents who tell me that the child only eats when he's watching a same yeah, yeah i mean you're just bumping nutrients inside he's not right. really connecting to the satiety value of food right. or enjoying the food
1: right and food kind of connected us as, as children right there's so many memories that are associated with food when we were growing up right we would associate food with this would be summer food or we pluck this fruit or we grew up eating that so i think that sense of and, and I think children today also take food as entitlement versus gratitude, right? Uh, and and I, I often feel this, that instead of food being something that they need to be thankful for, for mums and dads today, it's become like a battleground. Now it's protein time, now it's this time, now it's that time. There's so much of noise for the parent, how do you simplify this for us?
2: I think the reason for why that noise is proving so effective unfortunately, and that's because there's a insecurity. Mm. driven by guilt, Am I doing the right thing as a man, as a parent? Am I spending enough time with the child maybe? Yeah. Am I spending mm. enough money on the child maybe? That's the second question. And am I doing the right things with the right child? Because somehow we've convinced ourselves that we're living in a ghetto. And if your child isn't the top, mercenary is not going to get ahead in life. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a very scary way of looking at stuff because that gets transferred onto your child. And I think it's very important to understand that you don't need to be a perfect parent. And your perfection as a parent, the child is not a report card on you. Yeah. The child is not a validation of you. Sure. I think in this race to kind of see to it that your child gets ahead, whatever that yeah. means, we are being too focused and we are doing things very artificially. Yeah. Moms a couple of generations ago were absolutely perhaps not so educated yeah. and fortunately didn't have an internet. So well, the internet is like a sword. You need to use it. <laughs> yeah, to, I agree, I agree. It needs to empower you, know, confuse you, you right? And You yeah. need to know how to use it. So coming back to this when people didn't have so much access to so called information. They had knowledge. Yeah. And they didn't have information but they had wisdom. Yeah. So mom would innately know what her child what is it that she or he eats that agrees with him or her. And what is making that child better even that day mm-hmm. in terms of his mood. Yeah. And that's how they avoided allergies. Yeah. And they knew what is the right food to give to the child. And they saw the child growing I mean Every but you are talking about an
1: idealistic scenario. We right. also have to accept that today, uh, I am not the mother my mom was, right? I, I am not running, I am uh, shouldered with a lot more responsibility, a lot more ambition, a lot more of, you know, a lot more of everything else that I want to do. So how do you disconnect uh, or how do you empower that woman who is a working parent? Uh, is not maybe uh, connected with her child 9 to 9, but still wants to go the complete mile in providing the right nurturing, right play, right nutrition.
0: So when you
2: mentioned all the hardships that people of today, not just moms or dads, everybody yeah. has today, you also forget the fact that they are mixers yeah. and they are blenders yeah. and you don't have to take that chakki and pieceify the attack. Of course, there are so many advantages as well. Yeah. So if there have been an increase in say the professionalism, if it's been supplemented by a huge technological boost, which helps you do everything. I mean, Absolutely. today you get ready-made data if you want to order it from somewhere. Correct. The point here is that while doing that, the first part that you said has led to guilt, and I'm trying to say shouldn't
1: yeah, there it, shouldn't be. Yeah, there shouldn't be guilt. No, I, I, I've moved over you there. <laughs> but what we are trying to say is
2: that there is no reason to feel yeah. that you are not 24 hours with your child. And I often get asked in workshops, what is better? Is it better to be a working mom or a stay-at-home mom? And I say it's more Staying than makes happy, happy. happy mom. Yeah. Because if you are a stay-at-home mom and you are cribbing about the fact that you have to give up your career and you are unhappy about so many things that your child is eating or not eating, yeah. it's just going to translate in a bad way to your child. You want to pass on the anxiety. Yeah. I think it's very important to understand this fact that things haven't really changed. And I'd like to say this very clearly. Things haven't really changed. Whatever changed for the bad, it's been more than supplemented or covered up by the huge help that we've got from technology. And hence it's very important to realize that children's intestinal systems, gastrointestinal tract hasn't changed. Their bones haven't changed. Their structure essentially hasn't changed. We are, because of this guilt, we are putting too much pressure on ourselves, trying to find out that one particular mix of nutrients that's going to make your child an Einstein. Now that's a problem.
1: Yeah, and I also liked what you said about now, the the play part of it, right? That kids want to play because they want to play and they get joy out of it, but parents want success and uh, and, and progression
2: yeah, out of it. That's a narrative. Yeah, everything in today's world, when you mention all that people are doing, yeah, I don't want that to lead to guilt, yeah. but I want that to lead to realization that all this is rat Race is pushing you to be extremely competitive. Yeah. And that competition and that competitiveness is getting converted into preparing that one particular meal for the child. Mm. I don't think today's parents are any way more disadvantaged than what parents were about a generation back. I don't think at all. But I think we've taken up this unfortunate competitiveness that we in society see in society around us.
1: No, I agree. But so I'm so saying uh, as a parent, I am also bombarded with so much of information on deficiency of D3 or B12, or is your child having enough protein or is he growing, right? Like, how am I supposed to can I, simplify this can process? Can I tell you, I'll
2: have to really think when is the last time I saw a child with a great deficiency of a nutrient yeah. in the city of Mumbai. Come with me to Palgar and I'll show you the malnourished kids. That's where we need to think for those moms, mm. not for our kids. Our kids don't have a deficiency, they yeah. have an overdose of everything. <laughs> And why would you need to really wonder whether my child gets enough sun exposure for vitamin D? That's because we don't send them out to play. Because like you mentioned, play has become performance. You want to rate whether the child is going for cricket classes. Is he the top of his class? Is he going to be the next Virat Kohli? If he's going for music classes, is he going to be the next top musician? So this is the problem. And that's why everything that doesn't get us an immediate reward in terms of your child becoming the next superstar, you are cutting off. And hence, unstructured play, which you would do creatively, where you would learn team spirit, you would learn so many other things, along with getting free yeah. exposure to vitamin D without any extra cost, is all out. Yeah. And I think it's very important for parents to realize: yes, our lifestyles have changed, our pressures have changed, but life also is a lot more easier. Now you must understand because the pressure has changed, don't bring in the competitiveness in the child. And if you are as Non competitive, you would be as your mom, you would be unhassled, and your kid would be left to lead, lead a more naturalistic life. I think what we are doing today is just putting our child in the, in the Pavlovian trap where he's all just you know, it's do this and you do that, do this. Yeah. It's like a, applied behavior analysis, if I may say, even to a child who doesn't need it. And the child is being programmed to live like a machine. And I see that so often because if you have a child who's only been on, been on Apps and on being on a tablet in the first two, three years of his life, yeah. and then at two years he's sent to a play school. He has no clue what other mm-hmm. human children look like. He hasn't had enough exposure to human social interaction. He's going to find the other kids abnormal, yeah. or he's okay. not going to be able to deal with them. And then you have the great shadow teacher being called in to assist your child for what? So, what I'm trying to say is that I'm not against modernization at all, but there's no need for us to change our basic human values or the way we led our life, just because of this. So just to give an instance, when you're talking about sugar, why do we need to measure sugar in food? Whatever is cooked at home, that's good enough. Yeah. As long as the child is not overfed and you don't force him to finish off your plate, clean up the plate, I don't want anything left back. And again, like my teacher, Dr. Amdikar taught us, and I always like to take his name. He's, he used to teach in a workshop, like, he used to ask the mothers, when your kid was two months old, what were you feeding him? So obviously, the mom would say breastfeed him. So did you decide how many ounces of milk your child would take as breast milk? Did you know at the end of the day how much milk the child has taken? No. But yet, you know that when he cries, you feed him, when he's satiated, he'll stop. So you trusted a three-month-old to understand how much milk he wants and when he wants. But you can't trust a three-year-old
1: to
2: understand how much he wants to eat, when he wants to eat, and when he should stop eating. Why do we, at one year, switch off from this natural mother to listen to what dieticians and doctors and pediatricians are telling you. And so, the so child do it automatically and he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. Right. So, thank you so much for that. And uh, I'm really glad that we had this chat because it's going to really help a lot of parents and not mums alone. Like awesome. we always say, that it's
2: both. Uh, it's it's and grandparents. Grandparents. Because I find a lot of stress being put on parents by the grandparents. And very often, I mean, especially when it comes to these habits. A lot of pressure from family lot of, and, I, and I I, I don't think it's bad because it comes with a good intention, you can't uh, talk about it as a bad thing. But you need to get grandparents onto the scene, you need to discuss with them, you need to exchange information with them. And also I think there is a little bit of logic and truth in what seniors say because there is wisdom, they may absolutely. have information. absolutely. And it's a great mix that we need, as they say it takes a village.
1: Absolutely, to totally. Thanks so, so much. much as always, if you love this episode,
0: don't feel shy from sharing your favorite moments and key takeaways from this episode with a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. It's at Muncie.Savary and at Kids.Press. <laughs>